0: hey welcome everybody to podcast number 55 presented by five pin universe i'm your host Kerry kreitz we have the Wiseman twins dexter and tim and adam weber is here with us again and our very honored guest walt brooks from baltimore maryland i do believe um a staple on the duck pin pro tour down in that area as well uh is in the hall of fame has more than almost two dozen wins open wins in that tour and has been coming to regina for the last couple years or last three years now walt five years last five, five. Years. five years Wow, i've wow.
1: been there five years
0: and you've uh, frequented the club tour events out there too have you not
1: i haven't missed a club tour since 2012 <laughs> wow. so, so
0: good for you becoming a staple on the five pin scene for sure on the professional side um, great to have you on, and uh, we're excited to hear your thoughts on our game up here in Canada and um, how things are being affected down in your area with this whole corona thing. Um, so I guess that'll be our first topic for you, Walt, is how um, how has the Duckpin Pro Tour responded to um, COVID-19?
1: Well, here, here in the States, the uh, Duckpin Pro Tour has... Canceled its first two stops. The first stop was supposed to be last weekend in, in uh, Suitland, Maryland, at the uh, Suitland Lanes. Suitland Bowl. We were gonna we were gonna bowl there last weekend, and it was canceled. Uh, just got the email this week. Yesterday, I believe the uh, the tour in Connecticut at lucky strike, which was supposed to be the end of April has already been canceled. I do believe the Hagerstown stop will be canceled in May. And, you know, I think earliest it will be out of bowl is middle of June, but I'm not, I'm not foreseeing that happening. this could be in jeopardy of canceling the whole tour this year, I believe. Yeah.
0: Well, I think we're even getting to the point, um, it hasn't been announced yet or nothing, but definitely talks at the Heritage Traditional in May for the Western Canadian Bowling Tour is looking like it's at least going to be postponed probably, if not cancelled altogether as well. It's, uh,
1: yeah, I, <coughs> We're lucky that's...
0: enough that ours runs through the winter that we got through most of the season, but now all the provincial events and uh, national events are coming up and they're all in danger, right?
2: Yeah, people's full seasons, the, the things that people have been striving for all season um, are kind of getting postponed or going wayside, but I, it's, it's kind of the nature. We None of us have any control over what's going on, so um, it is what it is and safety first and everybody gets through this. Um, how have things been going down there in the States there for you, Walt? How's, how's the whole COVID thing being affected, like life around there?
1: Well, it's definitely changed. Uh, it's been a, it's been a few weeks since uh, we've done any bowling here. All of it's been shut down. Uh, we did bowl a pot Witten tour the, the weekend before this was what one, two, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, three weekends ago, we bowled a pot Witten tour. And, uh, we had 152 entries and everybody's like, you're crazy for bowling, which I ended up finishing second in that tournament. But, <laughs> but it was, uh, it was the last time that I competitively bowled all the leagues from there on. Uh, the big corporations were the first ones to close their doors and say, we're done for 15 days. And then we got another email last week. Now it's, now it's, uh, it was april 1st and then april 1st is is come and went today and uh it's going to be extended till to be announced so they're not just doing a two-week thing most of our duck pen leagues have cancelled the rest of the season and they're just shortening the the prize list to the standards yeah so that's a good question uh for
2: for me when does your duck Pin season run, like are your your leagues run through the winter as well, or are those in the summer to follow the tour?
1: We have two separate league seasons. We have a winter season, it generally starts the end of August or the beginning of September, and runs somewhere around the end of uh, April, middle of May. Okay. And then they do a short, like twelve to fourteen week summer league. If, if P, we have some bowlers that don't particularly bowl in the summer, besides bowling tournaments. Uh, here, our Pro Tour bowls throughout the summer, and we also bowl uh, the Witten Pro Tour eleven months out of the year. Wow! So, so it's... for. Eight months, I, there's two professional stops uh, each month for eight months. And then the other three, we don't bow in December, but the other three so months, we have something.
0: I guess a, a question for you is how far do you have to personally travel to get to, like, say, the farthest Pop Witten tour event or uh Duckpin Pro tour event? How far away is it from
1: you? uh the farthest duck pin pro tour event will be in rhode island for me depending on traffic i can drive to rhode island and as short as six hours maybe as long as eight hours uh but i most of them are within uh the four that are in in my state one of them the father's will be like an hour and ten minutes away in hagerstown connecticut Anywhere, it's either four and a half, five and a half hours, depending on traffic. Right.
0: I guess that that makes it a little bit easier for a tour like that when you uh, you have such a conglomerate of bowling centers and tournaments that can run within at least a couple hours' drive for most of the competitors. That makes it a lot easier. Not like us where we got to travel... Ridiculous amount of hours mostly most of the time if you got to go to the Regina or a club tour you would have to fly, right?
1: Right Well, I I I have driven the club tour I can get to uh, I Can get to nebs in about eight hours eight to to ten hours Mm
3: -hmm.
1: So depending on there again depending on traffic, but I can also uh, I I have flown into Buffalo and 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 drove in from there. So, most of the time, that's what we do. I've driven to Canada about three times on the club tour, hmm. but most oh. of the time, I fly into Buffalo, rent a car, and go in from there. How, how many tour
4: stops do you have on the Duckpin Tour, and uh, how long does uh, does the actual tour
1: go till? the The men, the National Pro Tour starts. In the end of March, and it runs all the way till November. First show in November. It, Last if week, this was to kind of
4: calm, sorry. So this was the to, to calm down, say in July or, or August. To, what would they do a shortened season, or would that be beneficial to
1: to the tour? See, unlike uh, you your, I know you guys pay a membership to be a part of the Western Canadian Bowers Tour or anybody can bowl, correct? Yeah. Okay, but you're, you're not in the running for the, the the end of the year tournament. That's so, right. So
0: to gain points, you have to be a, a member of the right. tour, but you don't have to be a member in order to compete on the tour.
1: Right. No. So On ours, we pay a membership regardless. You can do an adoptable or one time. After that, you have to pay that $50 membership. So at what point does it make sense to collect a $50 membership unless they say they're going to prorate it and say we're only going to charge $25 this year? You know, uh, I do believe it's going to be a minimum of three, maybe four tours. You know, and, and if they're saying this is going to Come back in the fall. I think we're going to have these same worries in the fall.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, so for for Bowen Centers, I think they're they're in uh, big fear of what's going to happen.
2: One hundred percent. Yeah,
5: Bow- bowling around
2: North America is definitely in dire straits at the moment. But uh, right. So,
5: yeah. well, I guess the question is though. Say say besides the second wave that people suggest or could be coming up we don't know but we hope not but it very well maybe plausible but like i was thinking about red deer or i was thinking about your duck pin events how many people actually will have money for these things right you have to look at that too how's that going to affect entry fees because people are going to be on ei or are um help wise and are
1: going to be laid off right so then you're going to be really i yeah.
5: think minimum on, on travel and stuff like that right
1: yeah, the, the the ones that uh, that are lucky like myself. I mean, I'm not missing a beat. So, I mean, my no. job, I'm I'm an essential employee, so everything's going well for me. But, you know, besides the uh, worry of bringing this home to my family,
3: mm-hmm. right?
1: So, uh, you know, a lot of people don't that that I come in contact with don't know what I the less so-called pandemic back in 2009 I lost a son and uh you know I was kind of kind of irritated with it now because I was looking at what maybe they could have done back then would it be different for me you know for my family so you can imagine that my family's a little more on edge about mm-hmm what's going on you know that my my son passed away from the h1n1 virus the flu when that came around so uh uh-huh. it's, it's one involved. of them yeah it's one of them things that, that is, uh kind of tough when you're thinking about it i'm not really worried about myself like most people are yeah. i'm worried about my family so uh-huh.
0: yeah for sure um sorry to hear that um so back when the h1n1 was going around there was no such thing as any of this quarantine stuff going on why do i i don't want to get into politics or anything like that but why do you think that this covid19 warranted such a a drastic measure across the board
1: Uh, i believe it had this is the I guess the death rate is a lot larger than uh, than the uh, H1N1. H1N1 infected over sixty million people. Wow! So I mean, this has got a long way to go to get there, but it only killed twelve thousand. Right. And that was that's like a, a statistic throughout the states.
0: yeah so i i guess then comparative wise if the mortality rate is so much higher um hence the quarantine situation the self-isolation that they're requesting everybody do if you're not an essential service or that situation i know here in alberta it's it's kind of the same thing everybody's on lockdown if you're not essential services but like I was looking at essential service categories here just the other day because wondering if um, accounting was ever going to get shut down because that's my industry. And we're listed in the 75 categories of essential services. 75.
1: Yeah, we have a few here that are kind of like, they got like bike uh, bicycle shops are on the essential list here because they say people bike. Back and forth to work, and I'm like, you—you got to be kidding me! You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they haven't. The, the frustrating thing here, we're quarantined, but you still see the mass transit buses moving well. Yeah, you know, because they're saying, "Oh, people have to get to work." Well, it's kind of, I guess, a you would say to yourself, "Somebody's infected. They're going to infect the whole bus." Yeah, it's not yeah. that sick. So- well, no social distancing on a bus
0: yeah i seen so, something today about taxis ubers and lyft uh, regulation got passed i'm not sure where where that was happening but yeah. i'm not sure if they're only allowed to transport one person at a time now or um what that was all about but,
2: but so, you would think yeah. the
0: public transit would be under the same regulation but
2: so when when this all started happening two weeks ago um, Edmonton Mayor Iverson had decided that he was going to, um, he said, we're gonna we're gonna limit buses, like sh- shut them down slowly, have less have less public transit, so there'd be less, you know, um, you know, le- less people being around each other, and which worked out horribly because when you see the next day, pe- there's people crammed into these buses because they still needed to get to work, so now all of a sudden people are wall to wall, like can't even breathe trying to get out of these doors and uh yeah major 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 mistake so yeah uh some of the great essential services liquor stores
1: Uh, yeah they're essential here (laughs) too but but
5: but but in all fairness they have to be essential imagine the strain on the healthcare system if you had addicts and and people all that
1: they call alcoholism a a disease yeah (laughs) Which I, I don't agree with because you choose to do it, but they say a person can die from alcohol withdrawals if they're an alcoholic. So yeah. you know, I guess that's why they're keeping the liquor stores open and they they are busy.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, are <laughs> they ever? As we know on the. Uh, Bowling tours. There's a few functioning alcoholics, so I can see that happening.
2: (laughs) If they weren't before, they're going to be after this. (laughs) People, stop with the chugging
1: nominations. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's uh that's one thing that we talk about a lot when when they say how is it. I'm like, oh, we you got to get up there. You got to get out the out west of Regina, and, and these guys win money and they lose more at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the cody laycock laycock's bar tabs yeah.
5: man. oh man yeah the mitch davies for sure yeah, mitch yeah.
1: right yeah yeah well it's not bad. it's the casino i <laughs> a casino too there's nothing like nothing like the rules out there in Regina at the casino but
4: yeah oh man it was fun fun watching mitch and and greg go pretty hard uh, mitch especially making a bit of a scene uh yeah. playing some playing some roulette and uh, <laughs> it, it was a hell of a lot of fun though yeah it
1: was a good time
2: oh, so what, 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 what are we'll your these... impressions
4: nope. sorry go ahead dex go no,
2: no, ahead. no no no
4: go ahead no, no if, if you're talking what? we'll let you talk <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty funny uh <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say, what What are your impressions of uh, the WCBT now that uh, you've been on the tour for what about five years now?
1: I am. Uh, I've been around bowling. I'm. I'm. I'm 49. I turned a big 50 this year, and uh, I started bowling when I was 18. And uh, competitively, it. I would say I've always been a. I was a sports junkie, a good athlete, and. Got into the bowling and I love the wind, so I can't. My competitive nature went into the bowling here, and uh, I started bowling, I guess, competitively three years after I uh, got into bowling. And I think I joined the Pro Tour five years after I started bowling. <laughs> so, but the, w, uh, the Western Canadian Bowlers Tour is definitely. From everything that I've been involved with, uh, you guys do a great job. And uh, the thing I'm the most impressed with, and this is my opinion, it's like the WCBT is a brand as well as a a bowling tour. You know, everything is promoted. You know, here, if I say, hey, why don't we get some uh, towels or t shirts? These guys are like, we're not in the marketing business. We're in a merchandise business. We're in the Bowen. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm very impressed with the way things operate and the way things function out there. It's, it's very, very good. It's some of the best. It's, you know, I've been, I've been on the governing body of the pro tour since
3: 1995.
1: So I've been on that governing body for a long time. And so, we've different, different uh, agendas through presidents. Uh, we have different presidents from different areas and some have a opinion and some just to say, Hey, I'm for this. I'm not for this. And when they're not, it's, it's not always a biased opinion An unbiased opinion. It's a biased opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, not that they have votes on these things, but they—it's hard to sway some of their, I guess, cronies. You know, when, one, <laughs> when they speak up, these these guys have been put on put on the tour, to put on the governing body by them, or like, it's like they're voting for whatever they want. So,
0: yeah, I, that was a conscious effort on our part when we started the whole um WCBT brand was to market it and kind of take what uh the pro bowling tour or the PBA down in the states 10 pin does right they brand themselves they they try and market it to people that want to invest and advertise with along with it right to help create a prize fund and, and that situation so I think yeah. that's something we've done very strongly. We're still lacking in a lot of areas, but I think that's the one thing we kind of, we jumped out in front of and made a brand. At least we can push that along. It, it's helpful that our,
2: our vice president is, is in promotions. That, that's, that's his profession. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what he does yeah. for a living. So he's constantly thinking about it. So that works out. Yeah, nice to have that hand in hand for sure.
4: There's such yeah, a sense get, of pride of wearing a, a shirt with your name on it on tour though. Mm-hmm. Right. I I think it goes beyond brand. I, I just think there, there's a big pride factor to the individuals playing the events.
1: Yeah, so you,
3: sure.
1: You're kind of lucky out there for some of the guys that have been uh, lucky enough to be able to win and achieve a win. Here, when you achieve them wins, you get stars on your shirts that symbolizes a win. So when you get your shirt made up, sometimes it gets quite pricey to get a shirt made up. (laughs) You know, you win win a few more and people say, oh, I'd love to have that problem. But when you go into, you go in and get your shirts lettered, I just got a brand new shirt. I bought the shirt. I dropped it off at the lettering place. And the shirt cost me $48 to get it lettered.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: well, no, your, so,
2: your shirt comes so back okay. looking like the Milky Way. <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's, funny, that. that's super neat. We do something similar uh, for our, our masters here in Alberta. Yeah, so we have our we have our tournament shirts and then we have our traditional shirts and our traditional shirts are used um, basically for ceremonies and national events for masters. Um, and but for every provincial tournament win that you get here, you get stars to put on your shoulders. So uh, it it varies. You can you can hand them in and change them in for like a five star one or a ten star one, or if you're Diane Violini a fifty star one. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's yeah, it's have, neat.
1: It's neat to see. We, ha- we have a woman on the women's tour uh, named uh, Amy Biss and Sykes. And she has, she's in the upper twenties and wins. Crazy. The, I think our leader is uh, Don, Dunn, and I believe he's at nineteen or twenty, but he has quite quite a few wins.
5: So, not stirring the pot here, Walt. But why is there two separate tours? Why don't you guys just bowl together?
1: Because uh, one of them, one of them is a local. Okay. One of them is a local. And the other one's the national. Uh, okay. The old Virginia Pro Tour, if you were a member for years, you weren't if you were a member of the Virginia Professional Duck Pen Association, you could be you could not be a dual member. You couldn't belong to both. So for years you had to choose to either bowl in Virginia or bowl in the the national pro tour. They had a big uh, I guess fawn out about that. And as uh, we're talking back in the day when they used to draw 180 people on the Virginia tour and they would draw 100 and 180 people on the other tour. So they never combined. You couldn't bowl one or the other. So you had very good bowlers that didn't compete in the uh, national tour because they bowled in the Virginia tour, stayed in their home state. Didn't travel. There was there was a few that did and they, they usually did pretty well. The ones that traveled, but, uh, that all went out the window and Pop Witten pro tour was named as the Virginia pro tour. It was named after the guy, the director, the, the, everything that used to run, uh, the pro tour, the Virginia pro tour, Ed Witten. And, uh, that's why they named this Pop Witten Pro Tour. They called him Pop, is what they called him. When he he did it up until his eighties.
3: <laughs>
1: so, very nice guy, firm. Uh, you know, he would send out the lane assignments on a typewriter. <laughs> 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 really? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> we're, we're we're talking two thousand. We're talking two thousand, I guess. When when I started owning that virginia tour around 2007 and he was still using a typewriter
5: oh so. that's awesome you would get cool. him
1: you would get him in the mail you know he was old school no internet nothing he'd mail it on
2: where do you get your typewriter fixed <laughs>
1: you don't anymore yeah. where do you buy a new one <laughs> yeah. where do you replace? i mean since i believe i believe he passed away a few years ago so he was mm-hmm. a uh he was he was he was up in age when it, when mm-hmm. he passed away, but he was uh, he was definitely a guy that it was an honor to meet and it was an honor to see uh, him name the tour for for him his family to have that tour named after. Yeah, yeah that's
0: awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a question for you: What do you find, um, obviously, besides scoring in the actual game itself? What's the differences between a national duckpin pro tour event and a WCBT event? What what are the major differences you notice?
1: I noticed uh, between the two is uh, you can't re-enter in our events, which which I understand on our end, but I I feel bad when you know, I try to talk it up. I tried to get them to do a re-entry tour so I could, you know, at least say, hey, guys, they're going to do a re-entry. You could come here and, and bowl all weekend. Uh, that doesn't happen. We, You get eight games, one shift. They're, they're thinking is, well, why do we want to give the good bowlers a second bite at the apple? Right. You know, because usually the better bowlers, they might not bowl good today, but they may bowl good tomorrow or the second shift. Yeah. Uh that was a huge accomplishment for me that to, to make that last regina stop, uh, make that cut on the second shift.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, you bowl eight games and then you bowl absolutely horrible for eight <laughs> games. <laughs> yeah. And then come back and turn it around in the second eight, you know. Yeah. And and make it. So
5: but the thing is, Waldo, if see, you're, it wouldn't wouldn't entice you as much to come up to Regina if you didn't have that second life or that third life or that fourth life, right? Uh, you coming up here, just play one shift and honestly on Friday and then it's over and done with, see you later, right? It makes it worth your while to come up here to play multiple shifts.
1: Yeah. The ability to. I mean, you know. yeah, when you're spending four 400 hours just to get there, you know, when you're in for 600, 700 before you even throw a ball, yeah. And then you, then you got to pay your int- entry. So you're in for eight hundred to a thousand before you even throw a ball. It definitely makes it easier to say, "Hey, if I don't make it on this, I'm going maybe I get another shot."
0: Only cost me a hundred dollars American to play another shift, so I might as well. <laughs> <laughs> well you know,
1: <laughs> I mean, she- I, I, I brought. <laughs> I brought the money home. She goes, you didn't cash it. Well, where am I going to cash it? I'm not going to get robbed at the airport, you know, and have them give me $58 American for are Canadian, you know? So I'm all locked and loaded, ready for ready for the next time I can come to Canada. I got like $2,000 in my Perfect. safe of uh, Canadian nice. money. Perfect. Uh, Monopoly. Put money. Up, yeah, put it under my pillow and hope it, it's worth more tomorrow. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's
4: the opposite right now. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. But you so know, I, so I'll, I'll sorry. I'll throw a devil's advocate against that as well because uh, when it comes to the theory of why you want your good bowlers to play two shifts, for the longest time we, out here on tour, we only had three shifts. Uh, that we had less players on tour. We had less people participating. I could totally see that, but nowadays there's so many good players on our tour. I don't know how it is with Duckman, so that's a different story altogether. But um, with us on tour, there's so many good players that even you could have a second or third entry. You so still those good bowlers might not make it, anyways, right? So,
1: yeah. You know. Well, I mean, I, I I've been out there, and there, there's one thing that you that you know, and it's the same same thing basically here. If you look at the at the monthly every month month in and month out of who who made cuts and who finished it it's it's basically the same core group of bowlers you know like when i come out there i don't think i've ever seen adam or dexter miss a cut out there in the years that i've been coming out at regina you know and it's uh which mm-hmm. is a testament to to the work that they put in and the the skill level the high skill level that they bowl at
0: you should come out the red deer then they missed the cut there <laughs>
1: <laughs> well in all
2: fairness what one year i could i couldn't walk so i'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that <laughs> Just, well, I've uh,
1: literally you know,
4: literally missed one
1: <laughs> yeah that's why that's why it's good to be young uh you know i'm i'm here back in the states, uh, I keep trying to get my buddy to come up there. The guy that I travel with, uh, probably my best bowling friend, I would say, John D. Antonis. He's a pretty, uh, pretty good bowler. He's he's uh, only won one Pro Tour. I think he's got like seven pot and tours, but he's he's been ranked number one in our sport. I'm I'm trying to get him to come up because he has a uh, a seventeen, an 18-year-old, 17-year-old son who at 16 years old won a Potwitten Pro Tour. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, and not only did that, he did that a week before he turned seven, uh, 16. When well, he was 16, the week before he turned 17, he's also, he's pulled five stops and he's won two. He's won a uh-huh. second Pro Tour. So this oh, kid yeah. is, uh, you know, kind of like a son to me. Because uh, I've known him since he was born. And, uh, you know, we we talk bowling all the time, but he's a student in the game. On our Pot Witten tour this year, we bowled, I believe, uh, it could be, yeah, five five or six stops. And he's like 140 points ahead the bowl of the year race. Wow. Which, Crazy. You know, at, at 17 years old, hmm. I would love to see him come up and bowl. <clears throat> Uh, the five pin game, which we were playing it on in October. Cause I pretty much told his dad, I said, if he don't, if you don't take him, out, I'm, I'm you're going to get a pass court, court. And I need a letter for him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so. um, are there things
2: that uh, you, you feel that duck pin bowlers coming into the five pin game that uh, they could take away from the five pin game that will help them
1: in your game? Uh. I can say when I come back from Bowen, a five-pin event, my game is uh, you, you you play head pin. I, I'm I'm pretty pretty consistent on the head pin. Uh, a lot of these, uh, some of the guys aren't as consistent on the head pin. Some of the guys are a little high on the head pin to mix it up. Like uh, Don Dove has bowled five pin I think three or four times and he hasn't made it yet. So he's like, oh, the game's not for me. But he throws that high ball and, and it makes his pins. A lot of times he don't necessarily get on the side of the pocket. I joke with him all the time. The best ball, a light ball and duck pins would be a great ball in five pin.
3: All right. Fair and enough.
1: If I'm hitting in there a little, a little thin, the spread of your pins is a great ball and five pin.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yeah. Hmm. Is
2: there anything you see with us on the WCBT that we could do better based on your experiences with the duck pin?
1: No, I, I like I said, I really think that you guys do a, a great job with the way the tours ran. It's, it's, it's very, there. You know what they are, and you know, you know what the format is. There's no waddling on how many entries were taken. You know, in our our duck pin game, you got to get a certain number to take a certain amount of entries. Like ours starts at you got to have 80 bowlers to take 24 or 8. Once you get to 100, it goes to 30. And then when you get to 120, it goes to 36. Hmm. So, you know, it's all based on entry driven. Uh, the difference between our two tours here one bowls eight games, one bowls six games. Neither one of them you can re enter. The, the uh, Pop Witten Pro Tour only bowls six games. So, doesn't give you that bad game you can have one bad game out of the six, but you better not have two. Yeah. Hmm. You know, as wearing an eight-game block, you might be able to have two not-so-good games and have six good ones and be able to make them. Right. Do, do you guys have the same playoff-type uh, styles in each of the tours? We do. We, we are strictly brackets on both tours. We have gotten away from ladders, which is which is something that a lot of people don't uh Some people like it and some people dislike it. I've been on both sides of that fence where maybe I shouldn't have made it. And there's been times where I've been, would have been top seed, only had to win one, one match. And I don't even get out of the first round sometimes, you know. So it's got its drawbacks, but you know what you're up against. The only ones that complain when it don't benefit them. <laughs> exactly. Are are are, are these single game matches, three
5: game matches?
1: They're single game matches. When we get to our bracket,
5: goes pretty quick then. Yes, yeah. it's it's pretty similar to the Heritage one. I do believe something similar to that. Right, where you play it's a round robin for each bracket, right? And then you X amount. Yeah, we got our
1: brackets. Our brackets. Our divisions consist of six. So they put six people in a bracket, and you bowl each one of them once. Win, but, loss, total pins.
0: Right. So it's uh, win loss. win loss first.
1: Yes, win loss. We don't yeah. do no point bon- pin bonuses for wins. Uh, you know, it's uh, we we've tried to they they were going to try to do different things this year, but that never made it through the meeting. Right. The meeting was the weekend of Regina, so. So you, you know didn't where attend. I'm going, I'm, I didn't <laughs> attend, so. Yep.
4: I got one question for you, Walt. Uh, with, with the popularity of 10 pin in the States in comparison to uh, certainly here in Canada, what, uh, what's the big draw to, to the small ball or, or duck pin?
1: Uh, duck pins here in the States is just on the East Coast. Uh, uh, Virginia, Rhode Island, Connecticut, uh, Maryland, they have they have little uh, places popping that's popped up and it disappeared you know some of the places they got small pin setter lanes there's one in like Nebraska or something there there's there's a there's a couple places uh, one in Indiana but it's not many that uh, outside of the East Coast it's pretty much up and down that Central East Coast I mean the original, I've seen some original Pro Tour book from from back when it first started. They went to Georgia. There was a duck oh. pinball alley in Atlanta, Georgia. I know there's been, AMF had a, a duck pin Alley in Palm Springs, Florida. Okay. But they've closed. All these places have closed over the years. You know, and it's just been centralized now. Uh, they put them on strings, but they got a lot of these pins games is what they call them. Uh, these, uh, like, entertainment centers that are popping up. Mm-hmm. and they Arcade go version? A, yes, arcade version. But it's the duck pin pin on a string with, with the same duck pin size, duck pin ball, the same ball that we throw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what's been popping up here
2: could you ever see five pin being a thing down
1: in your area i think if it came to my area it would be cuz you know i I've, I've been trying to get a guy to put six lanes in and i told him hey i want to run a league <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah so biggest but, uh, biggest
2: uh, draw for proprietor side is that the maintenance again it's on strings the maintenance is so
1: easy um right. so yeah, I have I have so many people crying about string pins here and I'm like it works. I'm telling you it works. Yeah. So so Walt, uh, a couple of years back,
5: I was at uh, C5 meetings and we had a little roundtable discussion in my in my group or my committee and Sylvain Bercier was with me and uh, right. Sylvain came up with a great idea because at one point we had um, an odd amount of teams. For some of them because manitoba wasn't necessarily in and depends on what the maritime does at that point but he threw out the idea and it wasn't really shot down just we never went through with it or, or follow up but uh talked about maybe having a duck pin team come up to our national to make it kind of a uh, an even 10. even 10 like even amount of people so there's no bias right. it'd be kind of a round robin would that be something you guys would be might be interested in down there
1: to come up? Uh- I'm pretty sure myself, um, depending where it was, uh, Billy Thomas, he he enjoys the game here. He goes to all the Ontario events, but he, uh, uh, Club Tour, Tour Club, but he's, uh, he don't like to fly. I keep trying to tell him, you need to get out there. Uh, He would do it. I'm sure John Biederman would would entertain you all for Eric Pastorio. These guys are the, like the mainstay when we, it's been me, John, Eric, Pastorio, Michael Weaver. Mm-hmm. If you look at the club tour, we're always on there. So,
0: hmm. yeah.
1: yeah. That would be awesome. You always wanted,
0: like, back in the day, I know, um, not sure if Walt, if you'd be up on this, but Jan Anderson back in the day won, they called it the World Small Ball Championships. I don't remember where it was held, but they did five pin, duck pin. Uh, I think there were some Philippines players were there, yeah. I think it was in the Philippines, yeah. I really really wish they would Yeah. Maybe it was consider in the Philippines. Doing, doing something like that again. Cause like Duckpin uses the same size bowling ball as we do up here. Why couldn't they run a championship between scratch players on both sides?
1: Well see, years uh, a few years back we had uh a gentleman that was our president of the National Duck Pen Congress, or a uh, former president, and then he became the executive director, he had a meeting with Under Armour, and they were going to do an international thing. And uh, he he tried to go through Argentina
3: right.
1: and do us against Argentina. And I was like, Argentina's problem was all their phone centers were subsidized by the federal government of Argentina. So they wouldn't take any outside sponsorship. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. some kind of loophole, but you know, if, if involved with that, man, we'd have been having a match. And Under Armour would have sponsored. I mean, they wanted to put up like $50,000. Wow. You know, it would have been Canadian shirts and American shirts and whatever <laughs> they, you know, yeah. but, uh, he he was not one that was for the high bowler. He was more of a a handicap type bowler, and he wanted to make it a handicap thing, and that that just don't work out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, down here they did a uh, a thing called the IDBC International Duck Pin Bowling. Uh, I don't know what the what they called it. It's I IDBC. Yeah, that's what it could have. But it was with Argentina, and they came to us uh, twice. But they didn't even pick our best bowlers. You know, yeah. because Argentina had one guy that was very, very good, and then the rest of them were just, you know, I would call them an average guy. If they'd have bowled eight pro tours, they'd have probably been lucky to make two of them. Yeah. You know, and that they would have called that good. Right. I was aware the one guy was as good as our top bowlers. Uh the gentleman that got it together, he didn't even pick the best bowlers. And and I asked him, I said, you know, not that you didn't didn't pick me to represent, but you didn't pick Don Dove or Scott Welgamuth or or you know, he said, Well, I didn't want to embarrass him that's what he said. <laughs> oh. <laughs> kinda kinda funny, you know, to to, to say this. So Yeah.
5: Yeah, you, I, I think your elite talent sells the game more than, and as much as you know a POA. But if you're wanting to get sponsorships and televisions and yeah. all that kind of stuff, unfortunately, nobody wants to watch an average player play. But they want to watch somebody really good play, right? Exactly. Um, the
2: the yeah, handicap no. tournaments will retain, you know, retain bowlers, but the the high average, you know, competitions and viewership from that will draw them in for sure. I can see Neb's hosting. A tournament like
1: this, no problem.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, Nebs a, is, uh,
1: f- for those of you that haven't, you you've probably been there, but but the guy that owns Nebs, Jeff,
2: Jeff and Jeff Tom.
1: England, yeah, yeah, and Tom, Jeff, Tom England, and his son Jeff, uh, very good host, and uh, when you talk to Tom, Tom will walk you around the bowling alley, and he mm-hmm. would I mean, from top to bottom. He, he yeah. just loves to show what he's doing and it's uh, what they're doing now. That place is going to be incredible. Yeah. The, gr- the grand entrance that they're making and it, it's... I've been to a lot of bowling alleys and it's at the top of the food chain.
2: They're an incredible family and absolutely brilliant. Um, it's No no wonder where they are in, the, in this sport. It's, it's amazing. Um, but I can... I could see him putting on some some duck pins and and rewriting a scoring system to do to do this no problem. It, it would With probably Adam, take him an afternoon.
1: He is <laughs> he is as sharp as they come when it comes to that type yeah. of thing. Isn't
5: that the truth?
1: Well, he just won't Jeff,
2: sell
5: it. Yeah, Jeff, it, yep.
1: if
2: you're
5: listening, Jeff, uh, your center is closed. Start working on this right now, for us.
1: <laughs> yeah, you've got some <laughs> time on your hands. Let's go. Cool. We'll see uh, if I if if i'm a good judge of jeff he's probably ramping up to get his uh center finished yeah you know not being closed he's probably taking advantage of uh not having all that foot traffic
0: yeah for he's sure. he's
1: not making money but i'm sure he's spending it you know <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 make everything better so hopefully we're able to go there Well. And, uh We'll it keep... kind of stinks because it's the same weekend as yours.
0: Yeah, the autumn So open.
1: I, I keep joking with them guys, and I'm like, you know, it'd be nice to one year go to the autumn open instead of going.
4: Well, <laughs> 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 oh, the, the format of the autumn open is is a awesome. big draw. So it's uh, something you almost have to, you know, actually partake in to truly understand just how difficult that Sunday is. And yeah. uh, mo- most of the guys out east uh, – well, we'll never get that sense uh, just with club tour going at the same time. Yeah,
0: we keep yeah, we keep uh, pestering the Englands. You never know. We'll we'll get that weekend moved yet.
1: Because <laughs> it's a uh, it's it's a great. They have some great bowlers in Ontario, but when I come out to the Western Canadian tour, it's it's definitely a. I guess the class of the field is much much better
0: well it's a good mix right you get you get the some of the best players out of the ontario and the east and quebec coming to these tournaments because just the numbers are there we have enough enough people there Mm -hmm. to help push that prize money to where it makes sense to come out and play especially if you're at the top of your game right
1: right I i would love to see guys that you know some of the notable guys out there like mark goulet yeah. Mark Oulet mm-hmm. is is incredible. You know, I think he could compete with any anybody out and uh yeah. Jeff Young has been out the Western Canadian tour. Mm-hmm. He's a great player, you know, naturally Mitch. You gotta you gotta get uh Mike Herbert just for entertainment value. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, Cody. Cody Cody's one of the better players out there and uh you know guys like bobby tourville pretty good if you can when he's when he's uh playing well his his uh brother mike Yep. so it's 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 a different uh different class of player i think in ontario than it is in out west
0: yeah it kind of makes you wonder um because we only run into some of those Ontario guys when we play them in national events for Masters or the Open. Um, They only get to see us at that as well. If they ever came up to one of these events or if we could make it out to a club tour event to see the level um, of commitment to the game, because you know there's money on the line, there's that extra pressure. There's a lot to be said to winning a national championship, but... If you're telling me I can win an extra five thousand dollars by throwing a strike, you're gonna see a level of concentration a little bit higher than a gold medal, I think. But
1: Right. Yeah, we uh that's a big thing in our leagues here. We do strike balls, you know, and that you can go in there and win a few thousand dollars for throwing one strike. Yeah. Naturally ours carries sometimes, it goes Goes quite a few weeks because in duck pins, sometimes you're not as you could throw a great ball and not strike. Right.
0: Do you find that in the duck pin game where there's a lot of luck um, added to the pinfall portion of it? Like, like you said, you could whiff on the head pin. You might be able to get a strike.
1: Right. You, you may be able to get a strike by, uh, by not hitting the head pin and it's uh. It, it more or less that the good players always rise to the top because they make good shot after good shot, versus the some of the guys that throw a few errant balls and they get away with them. Right. You know, and they catch cash that in. And uh, that's one thing I still have, I I just love about the five pin game is there is there is no backdoor strike that I've seen. I'm sure they've had them. On a flute, maybe a string pull or something to that, and uh, and then when you pick head pin, you, you you just better pick them balls up and pin it out because yeah. you're probably not going to make it.
0: I think that's one thing that five pin kind of struggles with the entertain entertainment side of things, right? You get a public bowler that comes in, not very athletic and stuff like that, to constantly hit the side of the middle to see all the pins fall down is quite the feat. So you get a lot of chairing the three pins or it right. for entertainment wise, it's not nearly as uh, exciting. I can guarantee as going out and playing 10 pin, you throw a giant ball at a 10 pins, you're going to get quite a few down on every shot where in five pin, like even the pros, you whiff the head pin and all of a sudden you cherry a three pin. Like it's uh, right it beats you up it fast. Happens. Yeah.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. So it amazes me that five pin centers can, stay open on just entertainment value alone there's got to be a lot of alcohol and food involved in that for sure
2: <laughs> well we can get the kids in younger and we can keep them older in that minus the covid situation <laughs> <right>. here,
1: <laughs> but well, we can have, have people it.
2: play to 100 right so
1: yeah I mean I, I do like there that the youth bowlers if they're good enough they can compete I mm-hmm. think that's a great thing here once you once you compete, you're out of youth league. They throw you out. Right. Really. really. So, so like my my friend's son, who there was nothing in youth league for him, Colby, and uh, he has uh, already won two pro tours. So the decision was kind of easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's a it's a professional versus the amateur thing, right? So in a lot of sports, right. if you're an amateur and you decide to play a pro event, even if you win cash, they can't accept it if they want to stay an amateur. They would have to give up their amateur status to be a pro to collect well, that see, cash. Here,
1: here it's not, uh, we, by him bowling what they call professionally, it's not considered professional sport here.
0: It's you not know, here. That's either. where
1: it doesn't it doesn't like if you were bowing ten pins and you accepted money, yes, you forfeit your collegiate eligibility because it's in the same sport. Right. That would be the only difference. They don't recognize duck pin bowling as a professional sport.
0: Yeah, because there is no collegiate side or amateur There's side no, to the sport. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. I know
4: like Walt, I know you mentioned a bunch of the, uh, the Ontario guys that, uh, most of those guys have already made their way down to the duck tour to side as well. Uh, and quite a few of them in fact, quite a bit of success down there too, right?
1: Uh, we've had, uh, if just off the top of my head, uh, I know, I know Sylvia is one. Mike Herbert is one. Nathan Cooper is one. Jeff Young. Just, just, well, he has won, but he also won a bowler of the year uh, the one year that he played the full year. So, just a testament, uh, I guess, how well you guys transitioned to our game.
0: He throws from the wrong
1: side, though. So, (laughs) he's, 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 he's one of the, one of the better, he's got a good, Good action on his ball when the, when he gets it in that pocket, which is most of the time.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: So so, Walt, what was that event that Mitch always talks about? The the four player team one with him and Jeff and Jen and Amber that caused that was, him...
1: that was yeah. a five forty scratch team tournament. Okay. Okay, and they they allowed them in right on the five forty number, and. Uh, Jeff, Jeff didn't bowl. He didn't, I don't believe he bowled to the top of his game that weekend, but Mitch had a, had a great weekend. And, a, and the unsung hero of that team was Jen Young.
3: And
1: Jen Young carried 140 that weekend. And I mean, she was, she was the, uh, her and Mitch and, and Jeff, Amber didn't really bowl that well, but, uh, she was, she did enough, you know, to, to be able to keep them in there. And they ended up winning that, uh, that event.
5: That's Mm -hmm.
1: awesome. Were they allowed to back? Uh, well, there was so much animosity and, you
5: know,
1: know, I heard it so much. I was one of the guys when I seen them on the sheet, I said to the guy that was running the tournament, they're going to win. And he's like, Oh, bullshit. And at the end of the event, I said, Hey, did they win? <laughs> so, you know, which in turn I got the little, oh, fuck you. You know, yeah.
0: <laughs> you needed a Calcutta
2: oh,
1: on that. You yeah. have an
2: understanding of, of both games, right? And you, you see the transitioning. Whereas, like, I mean, egotistically on the five pin side, if we look at a 10 pin bowler, we're like, he's going to be terrible at five pin. We, we, we we like to think that, and honestly, odds are they probably would be terrible at five pin to begin with. But uh, you you never want to see somebody walk in from a different game and, and like destroy you. So I I, I sort of, I sort of understand why like his initial response would be like, no, they're not going to win. But you have you have a pure understanding of both games, yeah. right? So you you can see the transitioning where they're, they're so it, similar too, it,
0: right? Like yeah. it, the the object of the game is pretty much exactly the same you're throwing the same size equipment like i you can well we see it with walt all the time coming up and competing absolutely they're definitely translatable and that's why i think like a small ball world championship would make nothing but sense you play scratch at both of them like
1: i mean i i i would entertain that but i think you guys would would beat us up pretty good because of not of the you guys would train Transition to our game a lot better than we transition to your game.
2: I, I think that uh, e- even even if that is the case to start, I think it would do two things: a would promote the games mutually on on both sides of the, of the border. Um, two, I think ma- maybe that maybe that pushes people to motivate themselves to to get better for things. Right? I mean, if if that means that. You know, they work harder on hitting the middle on a consistent basis or things like that. Um, maybe, maybe it'll make them better long term as well.
1: Sometimes you gotta take your licks to get better, exactly. You know, uh, I, you guys got I've seen some shirts that they made up there, nobody cares. Bowl better, you know, uh, <laughs> missed miss the cut, yeah, the yeah, cut. missed the cut. So, uh, I I look at things and and you know, anybody can win one tournament. Might be your your weekend to win a tournament. But I always say that if you win one, you could have got lucky. If you win a second one, that validates the first one. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, Tim? And <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> he hasn't won <laughs> one on a weekend yet. <laughs> Hey, but he's had a lot of fun. Oh yeah! Oh, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <Well>, he has.
4: <laughs> I'm sure Mitch would have been an absolute treat down uh, after that victory. Um, <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, how disliked is Mitch Davies on the Duckpin Tour? Uh,
1: he hasn't bowled enough of them. I mean, oh. I I bowled my first tour when I, the first tour he came down, he was on the lanes with me, and. uh it was a ten-game event, and Mitch' first time he ever bolted, he peels off fifteen fifty, you know, for ten. So he averages one hundred and fifty, hundred over one hundred and fifty for ten, which is a is a good number. So, uh, as you can see, he's he's a great bowler. He's one of, as you guys would say, he, he's probably one of the one of the top ten players in in all of Canada. I would oh, yeah. say. Uh, but he's a guy that I guess I guess I wouldn't call it confident. I would uh, uh, cocky. I would call it confident. You know, he is. Sometimes he can rub people the wrong way. And, <laughs> no, you know, I can't say. I can't say that over the time. Me and him, we we had words a few times, and and just recent, you know, to stop, I really felt. Uh, when I went to Jeff's, you know, we kind of sat down and we're talking, and he's like, you know, I, I maybe we ought to sit down and, uh, and and let some things go. And I was like, I never had any, ill, Ill wills as it was. You know, I just, I'm a kind of guy that I, you could say something bad to me, and I'll still say hello to you tomorrow. You know? yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. I'll I'll say, hey, how you doing today? He might not want to talk to me, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's funny. Mitch has
2: always been known to be the guy that can like stir the pot. Um, And lately, for whatever reason, he's been posting these, you know, 14 days without (laughs) a bowling or whatever. And he isn't stirring the pot at all. And somehow, in the conversation, things get derailed and people are just pissed off and angry over the yeah, dumbest yeah. things I've ever heard. Oh, my God. Good so, Walt, Walt, do you, He's
5: do you great call for it a, a bowling alley? Bowling alley or bowling center? Uh, we call it uh, both. Okay. <laughs> we so do, poor- too, but apparently a bowling
2: alley is offensive. <laughs>
1: yeah, who says that?
2: Uh, just social media, just a bunch of trolls. I'm telling you, for people listening out West, you know what, at least, at least in our area, we have always called it a bowling alley. I, we own a bowling alley. When we get up in the morning, we're like, or we were leaving work. It's like, Hey, what time are you going to the bowling alley tomorrow? Like, It's just how we talk. And I am not here to offend anybody, but my God,
1: we're having I mean, this pandemic going
2: on. Why are you worried about this? and the rant
1: <laughs> yeah but when i was when i was out in regina i, I you know naturally I, I really appreciate mitch he always invites me to stay with the ontario guys and and you know he makes me part of a part of the crew there and uh mm-hmm. and we we talked it uh, even out there and i mean to have mitch say some of the things that he said to me after that weekend i was uh Kind of made me feel good, you know, uh, about my my game and myself. Uh, you know, so you come out here and you and you do well with this. This is the top level of our game.
0: Yeah, so, that that's one thing about Mitch too, right? Like he uh-huh. he uh, understands where the game is at, how people are playing, and he always asks questions. Like
1: great promoter, your game also. Oh, yeah. He's he he wants he wants to to be successful which i guess you would when you're one of the top players you when you're trying to you, rate you got that <laughs> yeah you, you got that cash that that extra cash money right <laughs> exactly yeah
4: well he's the epitome of, of basically a student of our game right
2: right
1: and
4: uh, he, yeah his knowledge his, his stats his uh, his desire to to push it, especially the uh, the elite side of it to another level um yeah, his maturation process over the last, I'd say, five, six years has been absolutely incredible, yeah. right? He, even uh, when I kind of knew him a while back, you know, uh, the, he, was, he was a bit of a prick out there, right? But it, it, once you actually <laughs> understand who Mitch is, all that kind of goes away. And I'm sure he still has that image in, in some yeah. people's minds. But uh, one one of the best in our in our game, uh, both on and off the lanes.
0: Yeah, yes, think, um, yes, he is. Yeah, I think we he's, forget too. He had a couple humbling experiences that drops that prick level down a little bit. Losing a, a national championship by one bad shot, right? Yeah, but I think he understands this, the situation a little bit more than what he was back then. Uh, he's
2: so good for the game. And I I think the hardest part is that he's always been super vocal. Um, And I I don't think he quite understood exactly how to do that and have people listen. Um, But he's figured that part out. He's always had a big heart. He's always been super honest. and That's the other part is Mitch is probably the most brutally honest person you'll know. But he's got your back and he's truthful. Um, And so once – once he found a way for people to start listening, holy cow! Has he ever been phenomenal for the game out in Ontario and all of right. Canada? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I'm. I see. I'm kind of that guy here. So, you know, <laughs> some of the things I say people don't like. But if you, they say that about me here. If you want the truth, ask Walt. <laughs> 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 you know, um, Gave you the truth, you might not like it, but well, but, and that's the part is that so,
2: sometimes people don't yeah. want to hear the truth, and if you give it to them, they get upset. But yeah, Mitch has the best intentions for
5: everything,
0: right? For sure. So, well, I guess we'll kind of end this podcast with just some special questions for you. Um, okay. obviously, some of them won't translate to our audience, but we're hoping <laughs> that maybe there'll be some duckpin listeners. Um, so I guess my first question is, what bowling balls and what shoes do you use?
1: I've been on the uh, the bowling shoes. I've been on the 3G Nation for probably about 10 years. Before that, it was uh, Lens. But I really like the 3G shoe. I've had several, several pairs of those. Uh, the bowling balls that I throw, I have a... I have a mixture of first balls that I change. Uh, my second, third ball is a set of comets. Red and white comets here.
3: Yeah.
1: And uh, they're 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 five inch, they're three three eight. And my first ball is the one that I switch. I got I got a, a comet that's three three eleven seven, which three twelves are heavy. I got an arrow that's three ten eight. 8 I got a pro line that's three ten. I have a host of different comets that I that I have that weigh different size, uh, different weights, all of them being five-inch. Now, when I come out to bowl the five-pin game, I tend to uh, switch the first ball to four and seven-eighths to be able to get a little bit more uh, – I guess snap because uh, I noticed you guys bowl a lot of games and in our game, our guys have a hard time bowling that a man. They used their legs a lot more than, than you guys use your legs in your game. Right. Hmm. If that makes any sense. It does. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Absolutely.
0: Obviously a lot less uh, trying to reduce the wear and tear on the body. Right.
1: Exactly. I, uh, back here in my game, I've taken a step out of my approach. I used to fall uh, 32 to 34 mile an hour from the back of the approach, and I took a whole step, if not more, out of it, and I'm throwing the ball 20, 26 to 28.
3: Right.
1: But but the wear and tear on the body has been uh, worth the uh, not mixing up – not. I'd, I guess uh mixing some pins as as well you know snapping the ball a little more and a little more ball speed not all centers uh, are are good for ball speed some of them are more or less uh, medium speed to uh, regular speed ball not the upper the highest fireballers
2: yeah so that's very similar to five pin as well
0: neat yeah hmm um, so I guess we, we might as well ask, we obviously won't know who this is, but if we do have some duck pin listeners coming in for uh Walt's episode, um, who was your bowling mentor growing up?
1: I had a, I had a few, uh, naturally I got into this bowling, uh, by going to watch my parents and I was sitting there back behind their lanes and watching and, uh, woman that was the secretary of the league said, hey, why are you sitting there? They need a sub down there. So I went up and got my rental shoes, and I went down there and I bowled. And then it was kind of, I was grandfathered the following year. He said, hey, we had a woman uh, pass away. Would you like to join my good times league? And I'll pay for it. So that's when it all started. You know? And then the first year that I bowled it, I, I, I shot a game over 200. You know, I was like, wow, this is, this is cool. Then you couldn't get me out of the bowling alley after that. I was subbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I was sparing, as you guys would call it, seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> I would bowl double shifts. Wow. So it kept me, it kept me out of some trouble too. You know? yeah, but, no but even to this day, I mean, bowling's been wonderful for me. Uh, I met my wife uh, her parents bowled in that league. And, uh, you know, I'll be coming up this year on 30 years of married. My wife never never tells me I can't go bowl because I, when I come home, I usually give her the check. <laughs> <laughs> that is not how I thought you were going to yeah. finish that sentence. <laughs> but she has never discouraged me of, of going uh, – I mean, I've been out there. She, I would love to, to, to bring her to some of these events and let her see uh, the camaraderie that goes on here because you guys are more, more uh, accepting out there than a lot of our people are here. You know, the hand slapping, you know, the hand slapping just every frame versus only when you get a mark.
0: Yeah, it must be – I don't think that's just a Canadian thing. That must be a more Western thing because uh, even the candle pinners that came and joined our game, they hate that crap too. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, I don't
1: hate it. I don't hate it. It's just, you know, it's not – I know it's normal out there. I I, I get it. But but bone has been, you know, great, great for me, yeah.
2: Sorry. Uh, speaking of that, uh, that those are your mentors for duckpin. Was it wasn't, when you did jump into the five pin? Was there somebody that you looked up to in our game?
1: Well, I I, I can't say that I had picked any one person to look up to. I mean, I've watched I've watched uh, many different styles of bowling and how people bowl and. Uh, the way they throw the ball and there's it, it still all comes back that you get drawn in when somebody's uh, somebody's on a hot run, you know, and you're watching them trying to bowl a perfect game that don't happen much.
3: Right.
1: It's never yeah. happened in our game. You know, yeah. if somebody's shooting a 200 game, everybody's stopping the watch, <laughs> you know, versus you guys, uh, you, you string it out, you know, the guy gets eight or 10 in a row and man, everybody's watching. It's, It's the end there, you know. Mm -hmm. You got a big crowd in the back; they're putting it on, and I'm sure the guys up there saying, "Man, don't pluck three, don't pluck three. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Mitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a Geno thing. So, but I mean, mentors on on the pro tour. uh, One of our uh, our probably greatest bowler uh, of of he won a pro tour in like five decades wow. was Jeff Piles and uh, Jeff Piles was uh, was was a guy that he would talk to you whether you were a high average bowler or a a low average bowler he would talk to you the same he never treated anybody any for, for older gentleman it was a great bowler for for maybe a, a solid two decades, a, a gentleman named Bob Wilson has passed away, and he used to, you know, I I was kind of a hothead when I was younger, and uh, he would he would pull me on the side and be like, "Man, you throw a hell of a ball. If you could ever just control your 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 temper, there, you would you would be a hell of a bowler, you know." And and just the little things that you hear from some of the greats. Mm-hmm. You know, you naturally everybody uh, until you do something good, you, you always doubt yourself. But then when you when you finally have that breakthrough, and you you you, you back, you say, man, I can do this. This is good. I can do this. And then it, then it gets into that point where my biggest stretch is like, I would walk in that ball and alley and say, ain't nobody beat me today. And a lot of times it didn't happen, you know, for a short stretch. That's
0: awesome. Um, so I don't know if you want to be too biased about this, but uh, what's your favorite tournament on the duck pin side and your favorite tournament on the five pin side?
1: Well, his favorite tournament on the five pin side is, is the Regina Classic by, by far. Not No, no disrespect to uh, the Ontario side, them guys – do some things, and and Mitch has had a lot of influence in trying to make it
3: mm-hmm. like
1: the western side.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, the the last tour where they had A and B side, you know, and then he did the different format at Jeff Young's place at Elmira Bowl. He did the different. They did the different format there, where they went the uh, 24, cut it down to uh, 16 cut it down to eight went to four and then round robin and did the uh did the last two okay. so I mean it was it, it it it's good but my I would say my favorite duck pin is uh I, I kind of like the tougher bowling alleys because I uh, I'm the true duck pin bowler I, I like to I don't miss a whole lot of spares. I'm striking, you're not going to beat me. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good at that, but it's it, it, it's one of them things. That, or it's a spare game, our duck pin game. You guys come to our duck pin game, and you guys strike it up pretty good, the guys to come in, because they play head pin.
4: So you'd, you'd rather play the grind game than uh, a than lights out
1: a shootout is not is not in my game. Here, I don't like to shoot out because if you're not striking, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd prefer I'd prefer the game where you broke ten singles in a game, you know, and and you and you, that was what you had to make, or you broke a two or right. something that you had to. Bear down on a second ball. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What, what's your high game? My high game is two forty six. Oh wow! Wow! Which, which the uh, which the the world record in our game is uh, two seventy nine. So there's never been a perfect game.
3: Right.
1: Uh, I've I've shot over. I think I've shot over two thirty, probably about fifteen times. But so. it's it, it gets tough. Uh, even the best balls. I think if you took a machine and set it up to roll the ball in the same place, the same speed, the same everything, you wouldn't throw a perfect game. It wouldn't throw a perfect game. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Just because hmm. the pin carry. Right.
0: Crazy. <clears throat> so I guess you kind of equate a 230 to like, I would say a 410 400. or better. Yeah.
1: Probably. Yes yeah i would i would say uh, that that would be an accurate statement
0: Hmm. yeah very cool um do you have a toughest match that you want to let us know about a memory or anything like that
1: in in both or completely up to you i mean i've had some i've had some knockout drag out battles in uh duck pens last year i had one uh the, the the last one that I can kind of look at uh, and recall was uh, a young gentleman named Matt Anastasi, and he uh, we bowled at the Masters out at Greenmount Bowl. Uh, he got up first. He long story short, he throws a he throws a double in the tenth to put me on. Uh, I'm on a strike and I need a double, and I and I threw it and I beat him. Uh, a game, <laughs> uh, it was like one eighty something to one seventy wow. uh, five. Wow. <clears throat> so it, that that would have been one of the le- great last great finishes matches that I had been involved in recently. But in the in the five pin, I mean, some of my uh, my greatest matches are, you know, when I went the first year that I come after Regina and I made the cut and I. And I bowled Gino the first,
3: mm-hmm.
1: the first round, and uh, you know, hearing Gino was like the equivalent. To, he's got a lot of wins out there. You know, I know he's an older gentleman, great guy, but but I my first game on the Sunday was like I think I shot three ninety eight out, and and I'm he, sure he was he was probably saying, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> so, I don't know. Which I ended up beating him in the three-game match, but it wasn't by much. He, he had come back. And, I mean, I I'd won by a shit ton the first game. It was over – I believe it was over 100 pins. And uh, that that's one of them things that I still have problems in the scoring. I don't count them as quick as you guys count them in the pins ad hoc. Yeah. yeah. Not you a know quick... when you're never at it right you couple head pins and you you run all three or four strikes and you got pretty much a if you had a big lead you don't anymore
0: yeah exactly no it uh it melts away pretty fast
1: yes um so
0: i think that's kind of the, all the questions i have is there um i guess what is your ultimate goal in the sport of five pin bowling do you Obviously, you probably want to win one of the events. Obviously, but um, do you have any um, insight ever to make like the the TV show that the WCBT prepares at the end year end or anything like that?
1: Well, time is ticking. I have discussed that with my wife. I I, I would like to commit the bowl the full season, the full schedule, and be a member to try to get to that part of the that wouldn't be a goal I mean naturally my ultimate goal was to win a five pin tournament Yeah, there hasn't been an American do it yet I've lost in the final four or three times uh, and I've also uh, we've had one American go to the final Michael Weaver and he, he lost in the final but there hasn't been a American win yet and uh, that's That's what I strive. I've I've achieved so much in the duck pin game that, uh, you know, I kind of yearn to win one of these five pin events. That is awesome. Yeah, that's That's very cool. cool. But it's not good to come out there and try to beat the best of the best, you know, (laughs) but that wouldn't be the (laughs) – I mean, I I was lucky enough to uh, have my best best set, uh, three-game set there – against Dexter last oh, night,
2: you, know? you annihilated me. <laughs>
1: but, but you know then it, then I hit Brad the next my reward was to get Brad. I probably would have rather <laughs> sat back as a fan and watched you bowl Brad but uh <laughs> considering I had we had both of you in the uh in the uh Calcutta but uh
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. one of these years I'll make you some money on that I promise <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. all right well all right. i think we'll wrap up the podcast here yeah um Thanks, Walt. Walt, we, okay. we can't thank you enough for joining us yeah. on this uh five pin podcast but uh you're definitely um a staple on our side of things and we enjoy seeing you come out and talk to you every time that you're out here
1: well i appreciate you guys having me and uh everybody stay well and let's let's get through this
2: you too buddy thoughts are with you guys for sure
1: Get back on the lanes. Get back, buddy. Can't wait. Thanks a ton, Walt.
0: Thanks, man. Okay,
1: have a good one.